examples of people that were stressed and, and some, some, an action plan that we can put in our life that will, that will help us deal with stress. I told uh, Donetta and, and Wayne in the office this week, I said, and there's really no pun intended, but this was one of the most stressful sermons that I ever put together. Seriously. I mean, it was really difficult. Things just didn't flow for me. And I said, how ironic. I'm preaching on stress. And, and I was kind of stressed out getting together. And, you know, I like to have these things done way before Friday. And this one didn't come together until Friday around lunchtime. I finally got it, finally put together. And that's not like me. I like it well in advance of that. And uh, But anyway, it was kind of stressful. And uh, how many ever dealt with stress? How many live in stress? Yeah, we all do. Uh, it's something that we all face. And God's word has, has a lot to say about that. Matter of fact, I ran across a, a neat little joke about stress. And let me, sh- let me share this with you. It talks about the population of our country. It's 200 million people roughly. 84 million are retired. That leaves 116 million people to do the work. There's 75 million in school. So that leaves about 41 million people to do all the work. Of this total, 22 million are employed by the federal government. So that leaves about 19 million people to do the work. <laughs> Four million, sorry, four million are in the armed forces, so that leaves about 15 million to do the work. So that, take that total from, uh, of the 14, 8 million who work, there's 14.8 million who work for the state and city governments, so that leaves about 200,000 people to do all the work. Of the 200,000, there are 188,000 people that are in the hospital any given day or week. So that leaves about um, 12,000 people to do the work. Currently, there's 11,998 people in prison. So that leaves two people to do all the work, you and me. And today, you're sitting here. I'm doing all the work myself. No wonder I'm stressed, right? No, just a little joke there. But, But we all deal with stress, do we not? I mean, do you, do you ever feel like you're the only one left to do all the work? And I, you're not, but do you ever feel like that from time to time? Do you feel like the whole world is literally on your shoulders? Uh, just this week, um, actually, Friday, Friday night, we were over and we took the, the letters off of the church over the baptistry and it has the big globe and it's a big stainless steel globe. And, you know, and I took that thing down and I went and gave it to Dave and he's going to get it all mounted for us to put up in our new offices. And I said, I literally have the world on my shoulders and in my hands and, you know, I was just joking about having that, but sometimes we feel like that, don't we? Do we not? I mean, sometimes we feel like it's just so much on us, and, 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 and it's tough, it's tough, it's difficult to deal with this thing that we call stress. Well, what does the Bible have to say about that? Um, what are some answers that we can find in God's Word? Uh, before I share with you out of Philippians, I want you to know there are three types of stress that we all deal with, three major stresses. The first one is relational stress. I mean, that's just with our family, with our friends, with our neighbors, the relational stress that we have. The second type of a stress is our financial stress. I mean, just balancing the checkbook and paying the bills and, and, and taking care of the budget and all. I mean, that adds stress in all of our lives. Matter of fact, that's the number one cause for divorce. Today is the financial pressure and stress uh, that's on a, a couple's life. So that's stressful. Then there's the occupational stress, and that's the people we work with. That's your boss. Uh, you know, that's your paycheck. That's all of that. That's your that's your um, your benefits, your security. I mean, all of that factors in. Now you put all three of those together, and it can add for add up to a a somewhat of a stressful home, right? A stressful individual. And so, what does God's word have to say about that? In your sermon notes, 
And I know you may not have this particular version of the Bible, but it's the amplified version. And so it takes all the, all the adjectives that, that we find there and it, it kind of expounds them to give us a good biblical viewpoint of what God's Word is saying about, about stress or about the Word of God. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, I want you to look in your sermon note handout because you may not have a copy of the amplified Bible here with you. But it's in Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Look what God's Word says. It says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. <laughs> we stop right there and we say, what? What are, you, what are you telling me? You know, do not fret or have any anxiety. How many of you have had anxiety this week? My hand's up. How many of you have had stress? You know, God has a sense of humor. You know, I find in my own life, one of my most stressful weeks ever, I have to stand up here and preach on stress like I got it all together, okay? And I'm here to tell you I don't. I mean, I struggle with this the same way you struggle with this, and sometimes we get in overload, and what do we do when we get there? Well, don't fret. Don't have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request, with thanksgiving, Continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul. Assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God. And being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort it is. That peace which transcends all understanding. Shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. For the rest brethren whatever is true. Whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly and whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious. If there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. At the very beginning of that passage of Scripture, in verse number 6, it says, Do not fret or have anxiety. That phrase, do not fret or have anxiety, it literally means to be pulled in a large amount in a variety of different directions in our life. Have you ever felt like you've been pulled in so many different areas, in so many different ways, and, and, you, and you get overwhelmed with all of that? You ever feel like that from time to time? Whatever. There's just so many things we got to make decisions on. And so many things we oversee. And so many things we're concerned about. Whether it's, even if it's just in our home and in our family. I mean, just in our families alone. Careers aside. Extracurricular activity aside. Just in our families alone, we've got the financial stress, we, we've got the relational stress, we've got the parenting stress, we've got the teenage stress, we've got the toddler stress. You know, I remember when the day when our kids are wearing diapers and I think, boy, if we can just get them out of diapers, the world will be so much easier. You know, they got out of diapers and it didn't really get all that much easier. So then I'm thinking, boy, if, I, if they'll just get to the place where they can walk and I don't have to carry them all the time. You know, how, how dumb was I to think that? I wish I could go back and just carry them all the time. Now, you know, you, you know, 20 years later or 18 years later, you know, but I thought, boy, you know, you, you go shopping or you go out to dinner and you got to lug them out of the car and the car seat and you got to hold on to them. You got to get the diaper bag. You got to get the stroller out. And I mean, it's an ordeal. Is it not? I mean, so I was thinking, boy, if, if they just get to the point where we're pulling apart and I say, okay, get out. And we all get out. 
Well, we've kind of got to that point, and I was thinking, boy, if life, it'd be so much easier. It's not any easier. You know, I've just found that there's so many different issues. No, no matter where we are in our life, there, there's just things that are just there. And, and sometimes they can be overwhelming and they can be stressful. We can be pulled in so many different areas. You know, that's just called life. You know, it's just life. Well, how do, how do we deal with all of that? Uh, that? That out of control feeling. Do you ever feel like life has a grasp on you instead of you having a, a grasp on life? I mean, like, like the world's got you by the tail instead of you having the world by the tail? You ever felt like that? Well, that's what we're talking about whenever we talk about stress. I want you to know that you're not alone. We all deal with stress. Stress is universal. No matter where you go, no matter what culture you may find yourself in, and a lot of times we'll look at other cultures and we think, boy, they are just so relaxed. They're, they're under stress as well, just a different type of stress than what we may be confronted with here in the Western culture. So stress is universal. Matter of fact, all through the Bible, you can find key figures in God's Word who were stressed out. And I listed about three of them there for you. I believe I put those in your notes. Uh, there's Moses. Moses was feeling overwhelmed. Moses was stressed out back over in Numbers chapter 11. And we're going to turn there in just a little, um, uh, just a moment or so and, and, and discuss some of the reasons he was stressed out. But Moses was stressed. Jeremiah was stressed out. I mean, in, in Jeremiah chapter 17, you see where he is voicing to God some of his personal and vocational experiences that he's going through and frustrations that he had. And he was stressed out. Paul was stressed out. And Paul was this great man of God and that God used to plant so many churches and all these missionary journeys. But yet, from time to time, we read that he was stressed out. Now, in most of these situations, the stress that they were involved in was all constructive. But I want you to know there are two types of stress. There's Stress can not only be a blessing, but it, it can also be a curse. I mean, some of the good things about stress, it can drive us to get some things accomplished. And some things that are positive and things that are good. But on the flip side of the coin, it can be very negative. You see, stress is both sometimes malignant and benign. I mean, sometimes it's a serious sickness, but sometimes it's very very beneficial to all of us. You know, I, I, talk, I was talking to my son the other day, and, and he was writing, and sorry, preacher kids are always in the sermon illustrations, you know, so, but they're old enough now, they realize that. But it's time to get his paper in. And, and you know when he, he decided to write his paper? The night before it was due. And both and I, his mother and I were just preaching to him, why do you wait to the last moment? Why do you get... <laughs> We've all kind of experienced that, some of his parents. You know what he said? He said, I work better under pressure. <laughs> and you know what? That may be very true. Some people are geared like that. And that would be maybe, possibly, stress in the positive form when it is constructive, when you know you got a deadline, you know you got to get it met at this particular moment in time. Maybe some people can handle that. At that deadline right there when it's due, that may be when you work the best. We're all different. And so I guess we can't say that's good or that's bad, but we got to understand that stress has a negative side as well as a positive side. It can be constructive and destructive. It can, it can open up possibilities in your lives or it can shut down others. But the negative side of stress is the side that most affects our Western culture. All the sicknesses that we have today. Matter of fact, about 30%, not, not all of them, I'll finish that statement in just a moment. About 30% of adults in the United States say that they experience high levels of stress every single day. Three out of ten Americans, they experience a high level of stress nearly every single day. And the percentage is even greater than that for the individuals that said they experience it once or twice a week. 
talking about this high level of stress. Stress creates difficulties in our life if it doesn't let up. Now, there's times when stress is good because it can be constructive. It can help us to get something accomplished and it's pressures that are on us. And But if it's there every single day to where if you have one more task or responsibility laid upon you that you just go out over the deep end. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been just going through life and you're, you're kind of handling it and you, you know you're stressed and you know you have a lot of responsibilities, you know you have a lot of things to take care of and, and you just kind of, you're managing and all of a sudden there's just one more simple question or simple task, one more little thing and it's just boom, you just, it's more than you can handle. Am I the only one that experiences that? We all, what is that? And it's not that it's the task or that it's the person or that it's the particular thing. It's just the fact that we have allowed stress to build up in our life and we have not dealt with it on a biblical basis. And that's when we need to retreat and we need to get away from the situations that we find ourselves in and do something about that and start applying what I think are some biblical principles to handling and dealing with stress. What are some side effects of stress? People, and I was talking about the sicknesses. Some people have nervous breakdowns. Some people completely burn out. Some people have stress-related illnesses. Some even experience death as a result of being so completely stressed out. So how do we handle this stress? It's a given. We're all faced with it. Right? How do we handle stress? Well, that's what I want to try to share with you today as quickly as I can about three things on dealing with stress. There are three different conditions that must be met if we're going to deal with stress, I believe, biblically, because we're all faced with it. Number one, jot this one down, if you will, please. From our scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the very first thing that we must do is pray. We must pray about everything. Look what the scripture says in Philippians 4 and verse number 6. Do not fret or have any anxiety about, lost some play, about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, define requests with thanksgiving. You know what we're supposed to be doing? Praying. The very moment that we feel ourselves stressed out, we should retreat and pray. Pray. Is that not what the scripture says? Do not fret, be filled with anxiety, but it tells us in every circumstance and in everything that we are to pray. You see, I believe if we will bend a knee in prayer, it will keep us from breaking under the care. Now, I have found myself at breaking points. And you know what I have to do? I have to retreat and get alone and pray. Do we find any biblical characters that were under stress that did this? Yes. Numbers chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, turn there. Numbers chapter 11. This is a story about Moses. Now, we know that Moses was a great, great leader, right? Led millions of people in the Exodus as they came out of Egypt and they were headed towards the promised land. Now, it took them about, I don't know. 39 and three quarters of a year longer than it was supposed to take him to get there. But nonetheless, he was leading these people out of Egypt into the land that God had promised them. And of course, stress started building up as he was doing that. 
Look, if you will, in Numbers chapter 11. I want you to look at verse number 1. It says, Now the people began complaining openly before the Lord about the hardship that they were in. So that the people started this murmuring. The people started this complaining. Now, kind of the cool thing about it is God said, okay, I'll handle that. And if you finish reading a couple more verses right there, you'll see that God set, a, set, set a, the outer boundaries of the whole children of Israel blaze of fire and consumed many of them. Judgment fell. Send the fire, send the fire, send the fire. No. <laughs> you, you ever pray that sometimes? God, take care of this. Now, what are some of the ways that that may have happened? Well, we don't know exactly if it was like lightning that came down and consumed them. We don't know if it was a literal fire that was built around the outer of the camp that, that God allowed to catch fire, some of the brush and things. We don't know if it was some fire from the temple that kind of came out. Um, that's probably not likely being the temple and the tabernacle was in the center of the camp and this took place around the boundaries of the outer side. But the point is that God consumed all those people that were murmuring and complaining and he got angry and upset about all that. And then all of that kind of dies down. And then verse number four, it says that contemptible people among them had a strong craving for other food. You see, they got tired of the manna. And so they started saying, boy, if we were back in Egypt, we could have nice vegetables and we could have this and we could have that. And they started just complaining about the food that God was serving them on a daily basis. These cont- contemptible people. It got to the point that all that murmuring and complaining in the camp, although it started with just a a handful of people, that it eventually spread throughout the entire camp. Now I want you to listen to what Moses is hearing. Look in verse number 10. It says, Moses heard the people, family after family, crying at the entrance of their tents. Now this is the leader. He's concerned about the well-being of all the people. There's some murmuring and complaining that takes place with a select few, the contemptible people, the Bible says. These select few people, but it spreads like wildfire throughout the entire camp. And now Moses is sitting there and he's hearing the cries of all the families in the camp outside their tent. They're weeping and wailing. Now they're crying because they're in the situation that they're in. And this just put Moses over the edge. I want you to look what he says in verse number 10 or 11. So Moses asked the Lord. You know what, you know what this says? Moses prayed. Moses took all this stress of dealing with all these people and this particular situation with the murmuring and the complaining and, and it started with just a few, but it spread throughout the entire camp and, and, and this is more than Moses could handle. And so the Bible says that he prayed. And he asked God, he asked the Lord, why have you brought so much trouble on your servant? Why are you angry with me? Why do you burden me with all these people? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth so you should tell me, carry them on your breast as a nursing woman carries a baby to the land that that you swore to give their fathers? Verse 13, where can I get meat to give all these people? See, Moses is now wanting to comply with some of their complaints. Maybe let's just go out and get it. What the people, we've taken a census. The people want something different. Let's go get it. That wasn't God's plan. Hello? Where can I get meat to give all this? For they are crying to me, give us meat to eat. Verse 14, look what Moses says. I can't carry 
all these people by myself. Moses had reached a breaking point. Moses was stressed. Have you been there? Sure you have. Have I been there? Sure I have. But Moses prays. And God's, if we're going to deal with our stress in a biblical manner, the very first thing we've got to do is bend our knee to God in prayer or we will break under the load. We've got to pray. Now, Moses prayed to God. God gave him a plan. God gave him an answer. He said, put in place the 70 elders and these leaders. They'll assist you. They'll help you. They'll help you carry the load and the burden. And thank God for those men that were willing to come alongside. And God says this, I'll take a portion of the spirit that I have given you. I will place it upon them. They will help you lead. And we will get through this, Moses. You see, God's got a plan. He's got a plan for you. You don't have to carry all that stress and all that worry and all that anxiety and all that pressure and all that to-do list. You don't have to carry that all yourself. Amen, preacher. (laughs) You know who I just preached that to? Me. I'm the world's worst of doing that. And there's men and women in our church that are able to carry that load. Somebody say amen. And God's put people in your life that can do the very same thing. Our God has a sense of humor. Because those that are closest to me knows what I've dealt with this week. Hello? And what we need to do is spread that out. But it starts with going to God in prayer. Going to God in prayer. You know what? You can stop right there and, and that's really all you need. You, you, just, you get that part taken care of, God will take care of the rest. Well, I've got a couple more things I can share with you out of this particular passage of Scripture in Philippians. But number one is the most important thing that you can do is pray. Go to God. Lay out your petitions to God in prayer. Share with Him everything that's going on in your life. Talk to Him about all the little things. Just unload on God. Tell Him how you feel. He already knows. Just express it to Him and lay it out there. You know, the best place I love to do that is when I journal. Boy, I can, I can start typing and I mean, I'll, I'll give my keyboard. I mean, I'll let that thing have it. And woo! I just vent that, just vent. That's usually where I just let everything out. But it's in my journal. And you know what? At the end, I'll say, God, there it is. Right there it is. That's how I'm feeling. That's what I'm loaded down with. I feel like I'm carrying it all, God, and I can't do it. And just lay it out there. Now you do it however you got it. It works best for me to journal on my laptop. But you do it however you got to do it. But the point is you got to give it to God. Through prayer. Okay? And that will take you somewhere. And that's good stuff, that in and of itself. How many believe that Moses was, was one of the greatest leaders in the entire Bible? Hold your hand up. Sure he was. Did he get to the place that many of us get to burn out and stress and overload and, and just throwing your hands up and ready to throw in the towel? Does, did he get there? Sure he did. This is just one example. There's many as you read the life of Moses where he got to this place. But what do you see him doing over and over and over again? He goes to God in prayer. And guys, if we're going to deal with our stress, if we're going to be able to be a person that does not fret or have anxiety, then we've got to be a person that knows how to pray. Right? 
Just give it to God in prayer. The second thing, jot this one down. This, this will help you all some. Pray, and then we're going to start changing our mindset a little bit. The second thing is to be thankful. To be thankful about everything. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6, the latter part of that says to, that we're to pray with thanksgiving. Woo. Be thankful about everything. Here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that there are some people in life today that would love to be in my shoes doing what I'm doing on a daily basis. There's people living today that would love to be in your shoes to do what you're doing on a daily basis. I'm talking about people that would love to have the opportunity to get up in the morning and go to work that cannot because of health problems, because of mental problems, because of other type of issues in their life. They can't do that. There's people in nursing homes and rest homes and centers today that cannot do physically what you're able or, or mentally what you're able to do today. And you know what? Whenever I find myself getting stressed, the first thing I do is, is I get myself out of the situation and then I will pray and unload to God. But then the second thing, I look up and I say, God, you know what? I'm thankful that I can even be alive today. I'm thankful that I can even be involved, and for myself personally at the church, I'm thankful that I can be involved in the ministry of Victory Church. I'm thankful that you even led me here to start this church, and I'm thankful that, that I'm here involved in your kingdom work here. Listen, I could be anywhere. I could be in a jail somewhere. I could be laid up drunk somewhere. I could be in a ditch somewhere homeless. I could not have a family. I could be divorced. I could have no kids. My wife could have died of cancer years ago whenever she had it. We got so much to be thankful for. And what we need to start doing is changing our mindset. Yes, if we look at all the things, they will eventually overwhelm us. But we got to get our eyes off the circumstances and get our eyes on Jesus and, and really start being thankful for the things that He's blessed us with. How many had to sleep outside in the cold and rain last night? I don't see a hand. Every one of us should be thankful to God that we had a, a warm, dry place to sleep. How many went without breakfast this morning because you had to? Not because you chose not to, but because you had to. Not one of us. We ought to be thankful that God has put food in our cabinets. How many got up this morning you were physically able to get out of bed? Now, for some, it may have been harder than others. You may have to pop a few joints and get some things worked out. But nonetheless, we were able to get up. Hello? Guys, listen, we got so much to be thankful for. How many share a house with a family? Raise your hand. You got a lot to be thankful for. There's some, some folks, and last night, I, or last week, I preached on loneliness. There's some people that live by themselves. That's tough. Hello? Guys, we got so much to be thankful for. And what we need to start doing is changing our mindset. I'm reminded about Peter. You remember when Peter got out of the boat, when Jesus came walking on the water, and he said, Lord, if that's you, let me come to you. Bid me to come to you. He said, come on. Peter gets out of the boat. He starts walking. Now, a lot of times Peter gets, you know, we kind of beat up on Peter a little bit for all of his actions, but listen, he's only one of two people that ever walked on water. I mean, he and Jesus. That's a pretty high claim to be able to put that on your resume, right? I walked on water with Jesus. And while he had his eyes on Jesus... He was walking on that water. 
The wind was boisterous. The waves were, were rolling. And, and he's just walking on the water to Jesus. But then he says, he gets out there in the middle of all of it. He starts looking around and says, my soul, my soul. What in the world am I doing out here in this storm and on this water? And look at the winds, look at these waves. And what did he start to do? You know the story. He started sinking. But how many times do we do that in our life? You know, we get out there and God's blessing us. He's bringing us along. He's putting us in situations where we can impact people and influence people and, and do his kingdom work on our jobs, wherever it may be. And he, he, he's growing us and he's stretching us and he's putting more responsibility on us And because we're learning more and we're growing more and we're able to carry more and he's loading us up and loading us up and we're okay and all of a sudden we stop and we look around. And, oh my soul, God, I can't believe you brought me this far. I can't handle all this. I can't do all of that. And, and we start what? Thinking. Who said that? Yeah, yeah, Earl. Good job, Earl. We we start we start sinking. Yes, we do. We start being overcome, and then we start fretting and being filled with anxiety, and the stress level rises, and and then it starts taking its toll on our body and our families and our relationships and our situations. And what have we done? We're looking at all this stuff. That's when we need to pray and start looking back up to God and just being thankful for what he's blessed us with. I promise you, start doing that. You'll start coming out. The third and the final thing, jot this one down, is we must think positively. Think positively. Now, this is a big one, too. Now, I realize there's a whole movement out there on the power of positive thinking. I realize there's a whole theology built upon that. And I realize there's whole movements and churches and ministries and everything built on that. And, and, I, and I'm not, I, I, there's an element of truth here. Sometimes I think it's taken to the extreme. But we do need to change the way we think. We do need to start seeing the glass half full instead of half empty. Hello? We do need to start being a little more optimistic instead of such a pessimist. Huh? I heard, I heard someone say the other day, he said, there's some of you that are so pessimistic that if someone gave you the entire Ford dealership, made you the owner and rightful heir of all of that, you'd be, you'd be so upset because you believe that cars are no longer going to be available for you next week or next year. Instead of enjoying the benefits of owning a, the entire Ford franchise. You know, that's true. There's many of us that we look at some, ah, no, that's just too good to be true. There's no way that can happen. Oh, you know, it's always, oh, me, oh, mine. It's the negative side of everything. You know what you need to start doing? You need to start thinking more positively. Listen, there's a God in heaven, and he says that all of his promises are yea in Christ Jesus. That means they're yes. They're proved through Christ. And he's given us hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different promises. We need to quit being so pessimistic. Hello? Look what Scripture says in verse number 8. For the rest, brethren, get this now. Whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, What? Think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. We need to start thinking positively. 
We need to start thinking of things that are pure and just and holy and righteous and good and gracious and kind and you know, change the way we think, change the way we see things. And you know, a lot of times stress is really just a mental thing all in all. Now I realize physically we can be worn down and tired, but, but it really kind of takes place in the mind. And if we would really start praying, and if we would be thankful, and if we would think on positive things, it would lead us to a place where we can handle whatever issues we may find ourselves in the middle of. Hello? And God can be honored and glorified in your life as a result of doing that. I put a statement in your notes I want us to read together. It starts out with right praying. Let's, let's read this statement together. Let's read it together. Right praying leads to right thinking, which leads to... Say that again. Right praying leads to right thinking, which leads to... And all God's people said, amen. That's true. You see, if we would learn to pray and give ourselves in prayer to God about every situation, it'll start changing the way we think about things. And when it starts changing the way we think, think about things, it'll start changing our behavior and start changing our patterns that we live our life out by. So whenever we start praying right, we will think right, which will lead us to, to, to live and act in the right way. But it all starts once again with prayer. May I ask you a question? And this may be a penetrating question. Let me ask you this. What if, what if everyone at Victory Church prayed like you pray? What if everyone at Victory Church thought like you thought? What if everyone at Victory Church lived like you live and acted like you act? What kind of a church would we have? If everyone prayed like you, if everyone thought like you, and everyone lived their life like you, what kind of church would we have? And you're the only one that can answer that question. I hope and pray we would have a wonderful church if everybody did like you. But I believe I'd be a little bit naive in thinking that everyone is there. So where do we need to start? We need to start with changes of things in our own life. We need to start with changing how we view things. And the stress that we find ourselves under from time to time, we need to start praying about it. Giving that to God as Moses did. Laying that out before the Lord. And then we need to start just being thankful for what God has blessed us with. Hello? He's blessed every single one of you. Every single one of you have so many things that you can be thankful for. That God has blessed you with. And then we want to start changing the way we think by thinking positively about things. Instead of being such a pessimist all the time. Whenever we start doing that, you start getting to a place where you can handle the stress in your life. And it would be far more constructive than destructive. It would be far more beneficial to you than, of course, the opposite. So how are you handling your stress? Unfortunately, a lot of people look to alcohol and drugs, sexual relationships with someone else's affairs, leaving the situation altogether. Husbands walking out on, on wives and families and going to work that day and never coming home. Starting a whole new lifestyle and a whole new identity. You know, that all of those things may bring a little bit of relief at the very moment, but it's only temporary. It will not last. And you'll find yourself completely overloaded again soon. Some people deal with stress, but boy, if I can just buy a new car, a new clothes, or a new outfit, or just go shopping and get a little something, and that may relieve it temporarily, 
but you're not out of the woods. You've just refocused your mind on something else for the time being. Well, refocus it on God because that will last. That's eternal. That's something that will go, he'll go with you all the way to the end. So right praying leads to right thinking, which leads to right living. Will you give it to the Lord? Will you give it to God? Will you change your life by praying to him and allow God to work in and through you? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to study your word today. And I just pray, Lord, that you would work in our hearts and in our lives and help us, God. Help us, God, when we're overloaded with stress and concerns of the world and our own immediate family and our finances and our relationships. And as parents, we sometimes are stressed and filled with anxiety over our kids. And help us, Lord, first and foremost to pray, to look to you, the God of the universe that has all the answers, as Moses did, and look for your plan that you will give us. Because Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, you have a plan for every single one of us and a purpose and a calling and help us, God, to look to you so we can fulfill that. God, there's people in here this morning that need you. There's people in here today that are stressed. There's people in here today that are at the point of a nervous breakdown or at the point of burnout or at the point of just losing it completely. Whether it be their family or their jobs, whatever. And God, only you can change that. And Father, I pray right now that you would deal with the hearts and lives of each one of us. And you would help us to look at our life through a new set of lenses. From a different perspective. Help us look at life through your lenses. Help us to pray. Help us, God, to be thankful. And help us to have a positive outlook on things. Help us to give our lives to you and allow you to be the Lord of our life. In Jesus' name I pray. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, just let me encourage you, that's where it begins. Today, will you give Him your life? We just rededicate, recommit, or give Him your life for the very first time. Invite Him to come in and be your personal Lord and Savior. If you'd like to do that this morning, let's just take another moment. Let me pray with you. And if you need to recommit your life or rededicate your life or give your life to Christ today, now's the time to do that. He can help you with everything that you're faced with in life. But it starts with Him. So right now, if you'd like to ask Christ into your life to begin that relationship or just recommit your life to Him, let me help you in praying this morning. Father, there's some here today that want to do business with you, that want to invite you into their life as their Lord and as their Savior. There's some here today that need to recommit their life to you because they've taken life in their own hands and they've taken it out of your hands and out of your will and Today they're giving it back. Lord, I pray for the individuals today that they would recognize that you are God. That you are God's Son. That you loved all of us and you died on the cross for all of our sins. 
all of our sin were placed on you at the cross. And there you bore it. And you paid our sin debt. And you were buried and you were put in the tomb for three days. And you came out victoriously. And today you're alive and well. And you're sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And right now, God, we give you our lives. And we invite you in. And we pray, God, that you would forgive us of our sins. Where we've missed the mark. Where we fell. Where we stumbled. Where we've fallen. And God, forgive us. And create a clean heart in us, O God. And restore us into a right relationship with you. And a right fellowship with you. And Take your place in our life as our Lord and our King and our Master and help us to look at our life through your eyes and through your perspective. God, I give my life to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've done that today, will you please take out your connection card while we sing this song and indicate on there that you gave your life to Christ today or you recommitted and rededicated your life or you just would like us to pray for you over the stressful situations that you're in. You don't have to tell what the situations are, but if you need prayer just for the situations you're in, indicate that on your card and we'll follow up with you this week, okay? God bless you.